That's right, folks. I just want to give a shout out to my man, Austin. He actually suggested we start doing uh, weekly updates with the real estate market. Um, for those that don't know, I've uh, obviously been in the mortgage business since 2005. Uh, and a part of this really is there is a lot of um, data out there that gets confusing when it comes to real estate. And, you know, our job is to really kind of educate folks on, um, you know, what this, these pieces of information mean. So I'm going to hop right in and uh, just start, you know, start discussing some of the headlines that I saw out there. So um, I did see a lot of people with shares on my Facebook. I appreciate it. Um, with my new post today, um, where we were talking about the um, inventory increase for the first time in years in the market. Um, the second piece being listings sold over market saw a sharp decline. Now, what does that mean for somebody that's buying a house? Um, to make things simple, um, the last year, which would be 2021, we saw about $4.25 trillion in origination. Um, normal, normal, nor, excuse me, normal markets are normally about 1.8 to 2.25. Um, but, uh, you know, again, last year was a record setting year. So in years like that, what happens a lot of times is you'll see, um, listings go for higher prices because obviously there's a lot more people that are in the market. Um, now what causes that? Uh, we have incredibly cheap money. If you look at the history of the housing market, um, you know, we'll say, you know, your grandparents and parents very much may have paid 15, 20%, um, you know, to, to purchase a home versus, um, you know, once Fannie and Freddie came out in the 80s um, and it was subsidized, basically what's called the, um, you know, government sponsored entities, um, <clears throat> interest rates actually became a lot more competitive. Um, the idea in theory was to make housing more affordable for everybody so that you didn't have to put down 20% and pay that 18 to 20%. Um, so fast forward, we see a lot of folks that, you know, get upset when rates go up to what we would call sustainable interest rates. Um, you know, sustainable market interest rates are probably going to be anywhere from six and a half to seven and a half percent um that's kind of the norm if you look at the average over the life of actual mortgage interest rates um <clears throat> there's a lot of you know good inform information out there and we'll go over some of that uh information as well but um you know just so everybody understands again this data that's coming out is basically stating that we're getting to a healthy supply and demand curve um healthy supply and demand curve basically means it's tipping more towards a buyer's market but the good thing is a lot of you folks who own real estate or have gotten into flips what i suggest obviously is getting them out to market as quickly as possible so you can capitalize on the 23 percent euro year appreciation um that's that's part one part two and you know again for those that don't know my undergrad was in accounting uh and marketing uh, i went to john carroll for a little bit for my master's in finance so i'm a big uh finance nerd guy um but uh again i think there's a lot of information that comes out here and people don't know how to understand what that information actually means um so the the recent thing again is uh you know feds have recently raised the benchmark interest rate 75 basis points um, now, I do see a lot of incorrect information out there when it comes to um, it, if it's tied directly to the 30-year 
interest rates. Um, so the the ten year bond rate basically, um, you know, right now I think is sitting at about two and a half. Um, what that basically means is, um, you know, that uh, with bond rates they're directly attached to um, mortgage interest rates. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes what happens is when the bond rates do go up and you do have the feds pushing the interest rates up, it spikes the volatility, but it does not directly correlate with interest rates going up. For instance, the last um, few weeks we saw um, interest rates uh, actually start to cool down even after the announcements out. Um, so again, sky level view, um, you know, the bond interest rate does not always impact um, the 30 year interest rate. So just, you know, for those that don't know, like it's not saying that tomorrow interest rates are going to go up to 10% anytime the feds come out, but it does sometimes spike volatility. Um, but what we've seen is it's actually <clears throat> was priced in this last go around into interest rates already. So that's a good thing because interest rates are likely going to stay uh, where they're at. So um, feds increased the benchmark rate 75 basis points. Um, so the other thing is, and what I hear a lot of doom and gloom conversations on, um, is recession doesn't always equate to 2008. Um, a lot of us, you know, that had gone through 2008, um, that's kind of like our go-to, you know, in our lifetime. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you study the lifelong, um, you know, cyclical industries are always cyclical meaning they always go up they always go down but if you study all the downturns downturns basically being you know two consecutive quarters of uh, negative GDP um, <clears throat> so that you know in essence would trigger a uh, what's called a recession um, recessions you know happen often um, in the, the you know economy uh, cycle but that doesn't always mean that you're going to see, um, you know, homes lose value like we saw in 2008. That's the biggest thing um, because a lot of people are predicting, okay, well, I'm going to just wait um, until, you know, rates go back down to 3% or I'm going to just wait till the market, you know, takes a hair clip and I can buy a house scratch and dot. While I'm all for, you know, getting the best bang for your buck, I will tell you that the data in this market points towards um, there's not an, an abundance of, you know, um, debt that's out there. So, um, and then the flip side is a lot of the products that created 2008 um, no longer exist. So uh, anybody that was in the subprime business like myself, 2005 to 2008, um, pay option arms do not exist. Uh, arm rates do not exist. Um, <clears throat> so, and there's not arms readjusting, which is, you know, the ar many argue, um, great movie uh, about that is the big short. Um, I definitely suggest you watching that because that actually gives a realistic perspective on what's going on. Um, <clears throat> so, um, but there's not 9 million arms readjusting um, the, the, the movie itself is pretty funny because they kind of take you through some of the craziness that we had, um, you know, via stated programs and all that good stuff where somebody would just state, hey, this is what I make. Um, in today's market, those are kind of called non-QM and there's not a lot of, you know, products out there that are offered uh, for non-QM. So, um, <clears throat> so again, we're seeing unemployment 
uh, actually remaining steadily low. I believe as of today, it was like 3.8%, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then on top of that, consumer spending is still up. So a lot of times in recessions, really what they look for is, hey, are people being unemployed? Um, as of today, that information does not look as if that's true. Um, now, a good source for all housing information and what I suggest uh, over, you know, again, there's a lot of media outlets that report on the shock value of things, but um, I'm a big guy that, you know, tunes into Housing Wire. And again, I have no affiliation with these folks, but I think it's good information if you're trying to understand what's going on in the market. Housing Wire is great. Scotsman's great. Um, and then they have something called the Christmas Report, which is very focused in on mortgages specifically. So any LOs out there, again, I highly suggest you tuning into those three as well as realtors. Um, because to be honest with you, like I saw at the beginning of this year, a lot of people became disheveled. A lot of even mortgage companies in general didn't know what to do with market rates going up. But, you know, it was inevitable. We were on a 10 year run, um, if not longer, <laughs> of rates that were just unsustainable. Um, if you have 3% rates, the problem and, and what you run into with the, you know, the banking side is you cannot show a return on your savings account. So many of you folks that are out there, you're trying to figure out, well, why are they pushing interest rates up so high? That's the main reason outside of protecting assets. And a good friend of mine, Tim Bratz, actually, I was recently at an event with uh, for Mark Evans, and Tim Bratz went up there and he kind of explained inflation in the simplest terms. Um, inflation is made to protect assets so that if you're buying uh, real estate, you know, <coughs> specifically over the life of that, you know, property, you're not going to have diminishing or no returns or even worse, negative returns, because as inflation, you know, gets out of hand, the cost of living goes up, um, the cost of actually owning that real estate goes up, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why interest rates in theory go up um, when they're trying to combat um, inflation because you know they don't want investors or people that actually own real estate to lose out on that um, so great tidbit of information again um, appreciate you Tim and that was a great uh, bit of insight um, and uh, there's also been um, some data pointed towards retail you know spending numbers being off um, if you tune into CNBC uh, they actually, you know, I, I think CNBC is a great news source. I believe that, you know, um, if you're if you're putting out opinion pieces, that is an actual news. CNBC is kind of straight to the markets, and it's what I appreciate. Um, a lot of them pointed towards retail number being down, specifically on the lower socioeconomic scale, which I don't believe. You know, there's any like making it sound like lower, like, but there's people that obviously spend or actually gross less income. Um, that are being severely impacted by inflation. Um, <clears throat> my take on inflation is obviously, you know, there's a perfect storm. You had the pandemic going on. Um, you had, you know, vastly different administrations when it comes to, you know, spending and where money was going. Um, I was looking at like a staggering uh, statistic and basically it stated, you know, if if every household income assumed the debt that we're in currently, um, each household income would be, you know, like if you're just looking at your checking account, 
each household would be like $65,000 in the negative. So to put things in perspective, when you just borrow against money that doesn't exist, that in theory causes inflation to skyrocket. And the funny thing is we haven't seen um, inflation uh, impact us since the 70s. Um, more or less, a lot of folks are saying, you know, this may be even worse than in the 70s. But again, the feds are doing their best, um, right or wrong, to try to combat the inflation that we're all seeing. Um, you know, if you go to your local grocery store, et cetera, et cetera, you're seeing a lot of, you know, price increases. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you, you can go and see it on your, uh, your, your you're at your gas pump as well, uh, you know, gas, you know, per gallons going up, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the biggest thing, um, you know, we always will stay independent in thought. We don't really go into politics left or right. But the biggest thing I always tell everybody is if, if a politician does not have an ironclad plan on how to fix things, then you should not vote for them, period, point blank. Um, and I'm only saying this because we got, you know, midterm elections coming up. Um, and again, I'm independent in thought. We're not here to steer you one way or another. But one thing I will say is um, you should hold people to economic plans because no matter what, um, all levels are impacted when the economy goes into recession, um, when uh, inflation, you know, gets out of hand. Every socioeconomic level is impacted by this. I don't care how rich or how poor you are. We're all tied together, and unfortunately, a dirty part of politics is they make it sound as if it's us versus them, and that's just not the reality of things. Um, again, we're going to start doing these uh, market updates, um, I would say, probably um, once a week. Um, and the, the focus on them, again, is to just give you guys snippets on, um, you know, what's going on in the market um, and then, you know, help you make the right decision if you're currently buying or investing in real estate. Uh, we may have some special guests on here as well outside of, you know, our normal podcast, Equity Equals Freedom. Um, but we think that in this market, with all the information that's out there, it's probably best, um, you know, to curtail the media hype, to curtail all the hysteria that's out there and, um, you know, give you, you know, I guess, realistic information on what's going on. So again, great time to buy real estate. Um, <clears throat> you know, I would say that, uh, you know, if you're a seller or if you're a rehabber or you're a flipper or whatever, get your properties out there because you definitely want to um, capitalize on the return that we're seeing out there of the year, year over year, you know, 20% appreciation. Um, but the flip side is buyers like you looking for um, some magical interest rates that really don't exist anymore. You need to stop that. <laughs> um, you know, the number one way to create wealth is through real estate. And a, foc a focus of Equity CMG is to really help folks understand this. And, you know, the best time to buy, as they say in real estate, is yesterday. So on that note, again, we're going to start pushing these uh, weekly clips out on market updates. And I uh, hope you guys tune in. Uh, check us out. We're on all streaming on all platforms. Equity Equals Freedom podcast. And we look forward to hearing back from you folks. All right. Take care.